Rob. In the rough. Diamonds. Rough in the diamonds. Hello and welcome to Rough in the Diamonds. This is the show where we review the worst of the best. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. And uh, we basically shine a very bright torch on the darkest pieces of the things you love. I'm Nathan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Hey, everyone. How's it going today? (laughs) How are you going, everyone? And uh, we are looking today at Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 7, The Lost Sister. Yes. I think we all know this episode, to be honest. Everyone knows what Stranger Things, at least. Yeah, and I think it's probably a good time at the start of the episode to confess uh, how well we do and don't know the shows that we're reviewing. The point of this podcast is, of course, to review episodes that are out of place in otherwise very, very good TV series. Finally, giving our thoughts on what the rest of the series must actually look like in light of that one piece of evidence to work from. Um, Ah. So, Dave... Uh, you and I have both watched this right through. There's currently three seasons standing at the moment. Yes, currently there is three seasons. Correct. And now, I, I don't know how you feel, Dave, but I think this is a really good example that a TV episode can be very much out of place. You can be left scratching your head saying, well, I'm not quite sure what they were thinking when they wrote this, but still find that it's quite a good episode. Do you mm, agree with I'm- that? To some extent, yes. I feel like, again, the episode wasn't completely terrible. It wasn't just like, oh, bad acting all the way around. It was just more that it it just sort of put the series on like a pause while this whole basically side story happened. And like it wasn't a terrible side story. It just had nothing to do with the main story. That's that's how I feel about it, at least. Uh, I have to admit, it is, and this is the reason we're reviewing it, right? Is yeah, of course. This is a TV series that does an amazing job at the season-long arc, and you really have an expectation that every single episode is going to be seriously contributing to the greater story, and this does feel like a bottle episode i don't know how else to break that down it doesn't have most of the main cast in it except for a couple of flashes where it's like clearly in their contract that they have to be in every single episode yeah clearly it's like a few flashbacks or maybe you know they're thinking about l thinking about them that sort of thing that's that's it as like a standalone episode if this was just a bottle episode that completely existed by itself no other series was ever made is it good I think mostly, yeah, it's it's actually not too bad other than that. I, I, I feel like for me who has watched the series, the main reason I remember not liking it at the time was because mm. at the, the previous episode, um, there was just a lot going on, like a lot of big things were happening in the story. And then I was yeah, like, yeah. couldn't wait for the next one. And then it's just a side story that just goes off on its own. You feel so. robbed. The winner of Australian Idol 2003 is... Guy Sebastian. I feel yeah, exactly. absolutely like, robbed. I'm like, I came in here with clear expectations, <laughs> and you stole yeah. that from me. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's what's different. Like, I remember that too, but watching this now for this podcast, for Rough and the Diamonds, I had a really different experience. Like, I sat there and I thought, you know, this is 
this is a pretty good bottle episode. Yeah, like, it, again, it's, it's not the best, but it could have been much worse. We've definitely watched some worse things, I will say. say <laughs> we that, have so. already, haven't we? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we'll be using the phrase unmitigated disaster to describe this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Like, a breath of not. fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Lovely. It starts off, and I actually particularly like the way that it started. It was really clear. It, it, it followed the right way to make films, uh, and that is to show and not tell. Exactly. You- I... I very yeah, much ahead. agree with that because watching the first probably five minutes before the intro sequence and the theme, that sort of thing was um, actually really good. I was like really expect when I first watched this, I was like, this is going to be a really good story. It's, it has, it's showing sort of things happening obviously to do with L. So we knew from the, from the start, this was going to be an L sort of centered episode, which I was mm. all for because she's a great character. Um, yeah. It just showed a lot of stuff happening there. So you could, tell that it was going to be about her past or about more of her backstory which is great and i genuinely think you could watch this episode having not seen anything from like the one and two thirds seasons of stranger things and have a pretty decent grasp on what's actually happening in this episode so far so good yeah so far great yeah fantastic so so far far, so far dave there is nothing i can poke a stick at here and make cruel jokes about yeah, great, great start to the episode. Not so much a great start to our episode, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a terrible podcast, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, just, guys, if you're listening, just, just stop listening. Don't, why are you subjecting yourself <laughs> what are you to us? Doing? Just... <laughs> but I guarantee uh, there are definitely a few things that leave, leave me scratching my head over the course mm-hmm. of this one. Absolutely. Dave, shall we dive right in? Sounds like a great plan to me, Nathan. Let's do it. So our protagonist, known as Eleven or L, does she get called L in this episode? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think people are calling her like Jane because, like, in the intro. Oh yeah. Yeah, everyone's so everyone just sort of knows her as Jane, I guess. Which is that's a lot of names for a character in a TV series. Eleven, L, Jane. Yeah. Anyway, it's a dark nighttime. Uh, rainy bus ride. Uh, it's most dark, dark yes. and scary. All the way to Illinois, kind of wherever that is from where she was. Have you ever noticed Americans just really love to, to tell you where they're from? They love it. Yeah. It's all it's all about where you're from. Yeah. I feel like I think feel like everyone can get a bit of joy from that just talking about <laughs> yeah. the hometown. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Great. You're from, you're from Japan, aren't you, Dave? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know that, mate. I do know that. Uh, so she's using her brain powers on the bus to see where she needs to go to find her sister, if she's called a, a sister at this point. I don't think she has. Um, there's some really rad 80s music, which always ultimately ends in a grown man yelling in falsetto for reasons beyond my comprehension. They always just have to scream in falsetto. She's on the streets. She's liking it, but at the same time, she's ducking from the cops. A grown man bumps into her and says, Watch it, kid. Watch it, kid. I don't know what sort of that's supposed to be telling yeah, us apart from I she mean, feels out of place. Yeah, but I'm like, I feel like he was the one who ran into her and then he's like, Watch it, kid. Watch I, I guess kid. they're trying to give off, give off the vibe that it's like the rough city and she's like out of her depth sort of thing. Yeah, never go to Illinois. It's a bit, yeah, stay away, folks. 
bad place. Yeah, Sorry to any of you in, uh, who may be in Illinois living out there. Well, yeah, if we you're from Illinois, like stop, stop like walking into children and getting angry at them for it. Yeah, think of and the then children. think of the children. And then she goes to Bumtown, so she's not at, not at home in the regular streets. Mm. She goes to Bumtown, and look, here's the thing, okay? Yeah, you, you, you're down on your luck. You don't have anywhere to live. Maybe you've got some sort of financial hardship issues that weren't completely recognized in the 80s. Maybe you've got uh, uh, health issues uh, or mm. or maybe you are there for some sort of illicit drugs, whatever. Look, don't don't hobo shame people because yeah, I tell you what, you what, at the end of the day, there's still likely to be regular human beings who would all agree that it's not okay to just jump out and scream at children for absolutely no reason. And if you were to yeah. do that, I'm sure they would stop you. So if a child is walking through the street and then a grown man jumps out and starts screaming, They're dead! <laughs> They're all dead! They're all dead! You're probably going to say, Hey bro, just dial it down a bit. Stop yelling at that kid. Why does our main character need to be screamed at by a hobo? I don't get it. It didn't really have anything to do with anything that was going on. He just said, they're all dead. And then just like the kind of creepy, weird laugh. <laughs> it, it doesn't teach me anything. This is like the Picard laugh from our last episode. <laughs> yes. it's, it's the writers going, oh, that'd be a pretty sweet touch. Let's, uh, let's make a hobo yell at her for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing I can think is that, like, maybe it's supposed to symbolise that she's out of place in both the upper and lower echelons of society. Like, obviously, I guess with the, the businessman, like, bumping into her and then yelling at her, even though it was clearly his fault, and then the random homeless man jumping out, yelling that they're all dead, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> they, they're fine, they just leave her alone. One, one Daryl, Daryl, sit down. Yeah. What have we told you? Stop yelling at children. Like, sorry for sorry about our friend. He's a bit yeah. Yeah. That's, that's classic Daryl. Maybe don't hang out in Bumtown. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you know, I heard a great quote once, and it was, "Why would I ever want to live in a million dollar home when I can live under a two billion dollar bridge?" And that's a good there question. Words to live by. It's all it's all attitude, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Look, I understand that it's really quite difficult to introduce characters. You want to have them really well fleshed out and really well designed and they want to seem realistic. Yet at the same time, you've got like five people that you're just bringing in for a bottle episode. Uh, you need that to be really quick and, and cut to the point. And I appreciate that is really difficult. What we learn here is that this show cannot do humour. Yeah, it was like it had some good humor points, but not in this episode. Not here. Not, not here. here. You should do stand up acts. There's a spot a few blocks away. Hello? They literally say to her, What are those? Overalls? <laughs> what is she wearing? What are those overalls? There aren't any. You go off something and you're like, Okay, yes, they're overalls. Good. Good, good job, Sherlock. Wasn't like, that like cool in the eighties? And they sing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm." Yeah. Oh man, yeah. there's a lot of cringe here. There is a lot of cringe. Yeah, very they're cringy. so edgy. They uh, they go on about how like these are people that have been excluded from society. 
Yeah, and it's like, especially the Mohawk guy, he's, the moment, like, he sees L, he's just like, well, 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 what do we have here? And just smarmy like, kind of. They could be raising the stakes. This is a show that has gigantic demon monsters from the other world, and this guy threatens to cut her hair. Yeah, like, That's I thought it was going to... I thought it was going to be like, I'm going to start with your fingers. And he's like, oh, I'm going to start with your hair. And I was like, oh, I got off pretty easy. Hey. Low stakes, man. Yeah. Very low stakes. Um, at one point, he's like throwing knives. And like the scene ends with him scoring a headshot on this board with a knife. But the mm. first time he goes to throw it, he completely misses the target altogether. Yes. What are you yes. telling me? What are you telling me? Is he good or not? Is is his power that like he can hit his knife throws fifty percent of the time? That's yeah. his magical power. Yeah, every time he goes to throw a knife, half the time he'll miss completely and the other time he'll be dead on, so when they walk through the door and they're all yep. hanging out together, mm-hmm. do you remember what activity they're doing together? Not exactly. Remind me again. Remind me. They are standing around a fire barrel in the middle of a room. Yeah, just, I mean... Hey, hey, what, hey, Dave, what are you up to tonight? Oh, I don't know. I was just going to stand around the fire barrel for a while. Sounds pretty good. Can I join in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I thought it would be kind of a... You go in and they're, like, you know, playing like playing cards or poker or... That like, is one of them has, like, some, like, old beat-up Game Boy or something. You know, some like, one person off in the corner, but they're all just, yeah, kind of sitting... They're, they're like the homeless people before, except they have, like, kind of a home. Yeah. So They've got an entire warehouse just off mm. Bum Alley, all to themselves. Which and they somehow, choose to stand in, like, the middle of the room, the coldest spot, yeah. around a bin fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, somehow the warehouse has, like, power. If it's an abandoned warehouse, you think it wouldn't, wouldn't be power, but... Oh. Is there lights on at any point? Yeah, like, there, there is a, a, bit, a bit after when you see... L or Jane or Eleven or we whatever you want to call her, she's up in the room and like um, her sister's talking to her and there's like sort of a dim dim lights on in the background. Man, put the kettle on, have a nice hot cup of tea, that'll warm you up. Yeah, exactly. It's just, she found her it. home. She very clearly found her home. Oh my gosh. Uh, we also find out that this girl she's been searching for is actually here. They have a touching moment together where you don't know if they're friends or foes, and you realise that she also has a tattoo on her arm, making her 008. Just one off 007. Just one off 007. There must have been a 008 in the James Bond franchise. If I fail to report, 008 replaces me. 006 was Alec Trevelyan in Goldeneye. Uh-huh. Remember that one? For England, yeah. James. Great, great Nintendo 64 game. And one of the best. One of the best. And so we have Eleven teaming up with 008, who is a master of illusion. These people are out in the world who have amazing brain powers. In her case, she can, she's like an illusion mage and mm. can make you see anything she wants you to see. No, it's fine. I've got magic powers. Which is arguably even a better power than what Eleven has. Yeah, like if you use that in cleverly in the right situation, in the right way, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah, because you don't need to like have the physical power to like throw a car. Mm. You just have to make someone think that you threw a car at them. Exactly. You could just, and you could, if you just use that on like the most important person, everyone would just sort of follow their orders. So 
Yeah, exactly right. Why doesn't she just take over the United States? Hmm, easy. Why doesn't no she just problem. walk in? Yeah, she's like hiding in a warehouse. Why doesn't she just make every single guard not be able to see? And then she could just walk right into the Oval Office and take control of the country. Yeah. Just rob yeah. a bank. Just yeah, make them easy. think that the doors are, uh, need to be left open or something and just walk in and get money. Hmm. This isn't so, rocket science. Rob into, this rob is the not difficult. Store, break into the convenience store, grab some egos, you're, out, you're on your way. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why they've given it too much power. You've taken away the entire ordeal here. And you never see this person, spoilers, like through to season three, which is all that exists while we're recording this, you never see this person ever again. Wouldn't she be handy when it comes to like fighting all the evil people yeah, and things like that all the fight. you know the people in the corporations the big like government people doing the secret research um like you feel like her power would be particularly useful because she could ascent, like convince people of things if she eleven has right. brain powers she could just like use her brain to send a text right yeah right can't she just do phone calls like using her brain whatever it'll work yeah no worries l l is sitting outside with her sister they're having some touching moments yeah and you, that's when you first see, or the second time you see, sorry, her sister showing her like this, you know, illusion, illusion power, and she and she's like, oh, you know, I made the spiders appear on the Mohawk guy, so mm -hmm. that's why he was just afraid. And you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then she's like, oh, they can also be a nice power, and she shows like this nice little butterfly, butterfly flying yeah. around, and that was really cool. And then after that, El just goes, are you real? Like, Are you real? That was just kind of funny. I just thought that line was funny. It was like real, some real Jaden Smith sort of stuff going on there. <laughs> Jaden <so>. Smith. <laughs> yeah. Strawberries aren't berries, but bananas are. And so are watermelons and avocados. How? My whole life has been a lie. Are, are you real? No. <laughs> I'm a projection of myself. <laughs> how, how can I be real if my eyes aren't real? <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 that was a funny moment for me. I magic, therefore I am. Oh. Then what is she if she's not real? Does Eleven think that she's going bananas, bananas and imagining this person? All of these people? Yeah, I mean, that was that. I guess I feel like that's what they might have been implying. Or she's so happy that she's found her quote unquote sister that she's that she's like, oh, I can't believe you're here. Are you really here? Is this like the deep D plot that? Deep down, Eleven is wondering if the whole series isn't just her in a coma. Yeah, this is like the real. This is actually the real plot of Stranger Things, and everything else other than it. Then is this episode is just filler. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to review that end up with someone waking up from a coma and realizing that it was all fake. So I don't yeah. want to use up all those jokes before we get there. Yeah, but exactly. God, I hope they don't do that. That would that would that would be an unmitigated disaster. Yes. In, yeah, in, in the case, this case would be okay to use the phrase unmitigated disaster. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> are, are you real? I don't know. Are you real? Is it you? There you are, Peter. Pants got kids. And they actually, if you think about it, introduce the characters twice. Yeah. Right. There's, like, the first bit where they try to display that the four of them, less her sister, less 008, have, like, different personalities. 
the sister then talks to them again and they try to display it. And then there's like the formal introduction scene. And I think yeah. maybe that's one reason why it feels a little bit strained is because they've already spent some energy just trying to dictate who they are. I don't need their names. Mm, it's just like, I know they're here for one episode. The, the fact that that guy's name is Bulk or whatever, I don't even pay any attention. It means nothing to me. Yeah, it's just he's he's just a guy. I'm just remembering his as like that guy, the big guy. He's just the guy. Yeah, just the man. I don't know need to know that he's like an edgy, uh, displaced by society person. I really picked that up when I saw him standing around a burning barrel as a pastime. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're really dr- trying to drive that that point home. About, <laughs> look, look, at, look at all these that people push that. outcast. <laughs> outcast. I really want to drive that barrel home. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown out by society. The barrel's thrown out by society. (laughs) All right, that's enough about the barrel. Let's move on. Yeah, let's do that. This episode of Rough in the Diamonds is kindly brought to you by Switchnode. If you're anything like me, uh, you appreciate the value of a quality internet connection that actually works. Switchnode is the alternative to the national broadband network, and they are dedicated to doing things differently. Rather than relying on the NBN and ancient cables in the ground that don't do the job, Switchnode used the mobile phone network to bring internet to your business faster and more reliably than ever before. Switchnode is the internet service provider that actually provides service. For details on how to end this suffering and move your business into the 21st century, visit switchnode.com.au. Elle's sister sort of takes her outside takes her out to like the junkyard or whatever behind the warehouse and you know there's like a big old wrecked like train carriage thing and she's like okay let's i'll get you to move this train carriage to like you know show me how cool you are show me how good your powers are and yeah yeah yeah. and she calls it a train yeah she just says it's a train like she calls it a train twice how could you have not seen an i know she had like a traumatic childhood but I'm sure she watched episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine. Here are your trucks, James, said Thomas. Have you got some bootlaces ready? And he ran off, laughing. And should know that that is like a truck. That is carrying coal or sugarcane or something inside. That is not a train. That's a yeah, carriage. That's, that's, a, that's carriage. a train carriage. I guess we'll let that one slide maybe. But um... I have many questions. And it's like... In a completely unguarded area that has shipping containers all around, and it is like completely lifted up and off its rails. How does this happen? Yeah, you think it use would your be powers like sitting to put on that, some rails. Yeah, use your powers to like put it back on its tracks. That would be a benefit to society. Yeah, exactly. You're doing some real good there and helping, some real helping good out. With your powers. Her sister is like, oh, you know, th- don't focus on the train because at first Elle tries to move the train and she moves it a tiny bit, falls down, and is like, oh, I can't do it. And then Elle's sister, number 8008, as we'll call her, is like, oh, you know, don't focus on the train. Think about all what the bad people did you. I was getting real, like, Emperor vibes. She's like, let the hate flow through you. Yes. <laughs> your hate, your anger makes you strong. I'm I'm really conflicted because I'm not sure if that is like an Emperor Palpatine trying to make Darth Vader into who he like in his image. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's Yoda trying to train Luke to lift the X-wing out of the swamp. Yeah. Or, or I'm not sure if it, like I also got vibes of like you know Doctor X trying to train Magneto to like move giant metal objects. Yes. This is budget X-Men. 
it's budget like, x-men yeah is this an anime power-up scene is this yeah. like dragon ball z goku is becoming a super saiyan mm. or like your pokemon is evolving or i don't know is it is it bleach where like the dude gets a bigger sword he yeah, gets more yeah. powerful and his sword gets bigger it's it's, it's just it's l's power-up scene man this is uh this is the, the real the real turning point of the series the batman were trying to take you away again and that made you angry good so find that anger focus on that use your aggressive feelings boy let the heat flow through you And her advice is like, be really angry. Let's be honest, at that point, when you hear that, you're like, okay, obviously this character is like, even though you can tell she was kind of shady before, now you're like, okay, yeah, she's just like, oh, use your anger. If she was like, you know, a true master, she would be like, oh, you know, focus not on your anger, focus on the inside <laughs> of yourself or something like that. Maybe it's as a like cheap all trick. the masters do. <laughs> yeah. She's a conjurer. Of, she is a conjurer of cheap tricks. She is indeed a conjurer of cheap tricks. That is all she She's is. also the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. She's somehow. always angry. There was an angry butterfly she must have made. Yeah, it's a very angry butterfly. They're hunting the bad men. And yep. there is a moment here that is really quite beautiful imagery i thought they look him up in the white pages that has 911 on the front like what a great way to say that like a social disaster is about to happen showing that 11 would be part of it yeah yeah exactly there is no way that that was by accident i Mm. i really like that i really told us what was going to happen next well not really, because next is like a really weird makeover scene. It was. It wasn't long. It was literally just like a like a thirty second to a minute when they had like some punk uh, rebel against society music on in the background, and then they just basically slick her hair back, Edgy. and then give her some black eyeliner, and you're like, now she looks just as stupid as the rest of them. So yeah. <laughs> when go. she puts on the mask. Does she not look exactly like the Joker in the second Batman movie? That is yeah, like, like the same Heath Ledger haircut <laughs> as the yes, Joker. Yes. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. You want to yeah. know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> they went They went down to Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, they went to Hot Topic. I'll make this uh, train carriage uh, disappear. Voila. Wow. Magic. And they put on disguises so that they don't have these distinguishing features. And yeah. people can't spot them a mile away. Is a gigantic coloured mohawk not a clearly identifiable feature? Yeah, that was... Why kind of like... even bother? And, like, they went to the to the effort of doing, giving her this admittedly really lame emo like makeover thing and they're like to make yourself <laughs> look <be> cool <laughs> like they, they they make her out to try and you know look you know quote unquote quote unquote cool for them to like fit in with them but then they're like oh now we have to cover up with masks and hide everything that's unique about us so it's kind of like what was the point oh well no i shoot the bus driver <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what it's it's supposed to be intimidating 
But jumping ahead to the end of this episode, it cannot be very intimidating at all because on her trip home, a little old lady sits with her on the bus yeah. and starts a conversation yeah. with her. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, love. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's like it's this lovely old gem of a lady sits next to her. And, oh, aren't you too young to be traveling alone? Yes. And they, they, rob, they rob a petrol station. The attendant isn't scared of them. He's busy trying to fix up a toilet leak, an apparent toilet leak. Yeah, yeah. He's not calling the cops on these, like, dodgy, scary people. The cops show up. I don't know who called them. The cops literally show up by themselves with their yeah, lights and sirens. Like, you don't see him calling them on the phone, do you? He's just sort of, oh, no. He doesn't. He no, he pulls a broken. gun on them and they throw him into some very soft boxes. <laughs> His weakness is soft cardboard boxes. So. <laughs> My one weakness, how did you know? <laughs> Basically just trying to go out to kill the bad man who hurt them, so they're just budget Avengers as well. <laughs> budget <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> In that gross brown panel van. <laughs> yeah, the panel van, man. But, like... Yeah. These guys can't afford a heater. They have to stand around a fire bin. Meanwhile, they can fill their car up <laughs> with unleaded. <laughs> yeah. What's that about? I can, with the gas prices these days, how? <laughs> or I guess 80s, but still. <laughs> My point stands. Your point stands. I'm, I'm with you as well. <laughs> yeah, they go to the... They rob the store. They get to the guy's house at night. And then they beat him up. They beat him up. She's strangling the bad man who was just doing his job. She's strangling him to death using her powers. And then she sees that he's got a family and lets him go. Because once you humanize a person, you can't just randomly strangle them to death. Exactly. That's our takeaway from this episode. Mm -hmm. And they let him see their faces as well. Yeah. So they like, take their oh. masks off. Their entire disguise is ruined. Yeah. Good job, guys. Those masks that you went out and spent, you know, twenty dollars on, pointless now. Wasted. And they have some emotional back and forwards once they run away. Uh, it's really all about Eleven's feelings mm-hmm. and the man that they called father who ran the facility. It doesn't really further the plot. It goes to stress out Eleven. It's interesting as well, because earlier when Eleven was meeting the people, she had like the second, the kind of awkward second introduction where somehow they all like her now. Mm. And um, her sister is like, oh, they're, they're not like us because they don't have powers, but they're, you know, outcasts in society. So it's like, how did they meet? Were they just wronged by random people, framed or something or whatever? Yeah. I guess you don't really need to know, but it was just kind of amusing i thought it would be lots of people who had also been like researched on their brains had been tampered with and they have like some kind of special ability but whatever i guess they made the point to specify that they're not but yeah i guess it would be a lot of story to tell yeah and this the both of them the two girls are so incredibly overpowered compared Mm -hmm. to a normal human being if you were to introduce a third person it would be way too complicated the thing that i did find interesting was wondering if the sister and those guys really were on her side all along or if it was just contingent on her helping them commit murders i did know that those like four guys were just following along with her with 008 yeah yeah murdering people 
But there didn't seem to be any payoff for them. Unless it was the case of, you know, they murdered them and then they just stole all their stuff, so they have money now. I mean... Yeah, maybe it was a good hit for them. They, they cleared out the jewellery cabinet while she yeah. was finishing off the bad men. I mean, that makes sense. Mm. And if you think about it, it makes sense, because it's like, obviously, they're like, you can see that they're mainly trying to use Eleven. She's trying to convince Eleven, saying, oh, your mum wants, your mother wants you to be here, where it's destiny, this is your home, this sort of thing. And Elle kind of thinks that at the start as well, and then becomes obvious that they're using her but l can't really tell that because you know she's naive it didn't seem like the traditional form of using the protagonist mm. normally in something like this it's really clean cut that they are being 100 percent duped and they didn't really care about them this seems a lot more human and i kind of like that yeah yeah they had a human resource that was really valuable to them that they made the most of but ultimately they didn't show that they only saw her as a means to an end. Mm, yeah, They did want of... her to come along and all that sort of stuff. And was the B-plot that she just really needed to go home all along? Who knows about that, really? Like, I think maybe in one of the previous episodes, she had a fight with Hopper, and so she was running away. Mm. Um, and she's like, you know, I hate you. You're not letting me do whatever I want. She runs away to try and find <laughs> her, quote-unquote, true home. It does close that off. It mm. It makes... It's a bottle episode, but it's like an intentional cul-de-sac because if they'd left that uninvestigated, you'd always be wondering, well, what about these other kids? And again, we're only up to season three. For all I know, season four could be militarized versions of the other kids. Mm, You know, there could be anything that's done, but at least at this point in time, it's like they're saying, yeah, this isn't what this story is about. We're just going to not this up, even though you know there's a completely overpowered girl in Illinois wreaking havoc, stealing from petrol stations when she could be taking over the government. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about that. That's not like the main point of the plot, which is fine. Yeah. No worries. Just but I feel, like, I feel like the point where she's choking that man is the actual climax of the episode, which comes really early because they try to later on where the police raid the building. Again. But because she has brain powers, she just makes sure the police can't see her. Mm. This is a show where they fight gigantic, like, demon dogs and all kinds of monsters from hell. And now mm. they just, today they just kind of run from some policeman. Obviously, like, her power, like, she can just make them not disappear feeling. when all the police officers are just in the room searching for them. And, yeah. And it's like, she's not really using that to the extent of it, is she? No, she's just kind of cheated the system. And there's no pressure, there's no real threat. I guess the threat is supposed to be that she's got to make a choice of where she goes. It's probably for the best that they didn't find some sort of demigorgon monster to fight. You couldn't do that because you'd be unwrapping all sorts of problems. But yeah, a more realistic threat. Maybe that hobo that was yelling that we were all going to die, maybe he could make a comeback and have a knife to someone's throat. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that would be like just epic foreshadowing there. Or maybe the fact that she moved that train car should mean that they cause a problem later on that they didn't foresee. Yeah, it's, it's the butterfly. Maybe it rolls effect. down the hill and crashes into the building and she has to rescue them all at the last moment. That would be pretty interesting. It would probably yeah. be more interesting than the police. Yeah, it was just sort of, oh, cops catching the bad guys. Well, when all you have to make them guys. think is that there's like a brick wall in their way, so they stop and just don't chase you anymore. There's not yeah, a lot to work fix. with there. Mm. Easy fix. Exactly. The whole kind of 
story is just and it's kind of like after that climax there was literally nothing else that happens it reaches the climax a good 10 to 15 minutes before the episode's over not that we're surprised almost yeah. any serial like this would back out of killing the guy there was no shock what would yeah. have been surprising is if she had killed him mm, yeah now that would have been interesting she actually became a murderer mm. you want to keep your series going now that would have made people stop and go oh what's up with this episode obviously she did say that she killed people in the past and you see that earlier on when it's like it's showing flashes of her being confined held held by her arm mm. and like smashes her head on a wall yeah, when she's, like, really young and just sort of doing whatever she can to get away. And I don't think that she used her, like, powered-up self. If she's untapped more power than she had before... Mm-hmm. She just sort of, like, kind of half Again, she could guy. have stopped a moving train or held a dam together. All she really did was grab a dude by the throat and throw a man in a petrol station into a very soft pile of boxes... Yeah. There really wasn't any anything of consequence. I mean, if you were watching Dragon Ball Z and Goku powered up, like he needed that to fight Freezer, right? You can't just power up and do nothing with it. Yeah. She's like, oh, I might as well choke this guy and get some use out of it. That's <laughs> yes. it. If you've got the power to move a train, I'm pretty sure you can just wrench the guy's head off. Yeah, I thought she was going to, you know, break his legs or something. but Yeah. There was no real punishment there. I still think if it was that she had lifted that, train car up and put it on its tracks and little did we know it was slowly moving and sliding down the hill and the last thing she had to do was catch it while it was moving at speed or everyone would be crushed into paste that'd be pretty good yeah that'll be kind of a a nice climax of the episode but decide to do that or go with her sister or something i don't know and the button on the episode is she talks to an old lady and says she's going home Okay, great. Thanks for your bottle episode. Cool. We're now back to basically where we were at the end of episode six. Yeah. <laughs> back to where I was waiting for this episode one week ago. Yep, yep. So, Dave, based on this standalone bottle episode, if you were to consider the series as a whole, what is it about? Well, obviously, the, the main and only character, well, not only character, but the protagonist is L. Like, it doesn't show any of the other the characters. protagonist definitely is 11 i 100 agree it's a show about a girl named jane yeah she's um that could be the title just a girl named jane it could be called a girl named jane you know she wakes up with amnesia but doesn't doesn't know who she is doesn't know who her family is or where she came from but she has power that she's still sort of figuring out how to use so she's like wolverine yeah she's just on the run trying to figure out what she's meant where she's meant to go next and that's yeah. Stranger Things now. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That's what the Stranger Thing is. The Stranger Thing is there's a this girl who doesn't know what her powers are or where they're from. Mm. Which is actually, to be fair, not a terrible premise for a series. That could be interesting, but no, obviously it's very different. It's not the E.T.-esque to... e. design that that series actually is. But I completely mm. agree with you. It is definitely a TV series starring a girl named Jane. With an Auschwitz-style tattoo on her own, her arm. Yeah, yeah. She has to uncover the truth about her past and maybe even make some friends along the way. That's what Stranger Things is really about, finding your, your true home. Mm. It's definitely not about some boys playing Dungeons and & Dragons and fighting monsters. Yeah. Definitely not. 
Definitely not. not. Just just a, a girl named Jane. She had never never finds any kind of weird hell dimension where everything is dark and gross. No. Nope. She just just a random girl living in Illinois with her mom. Her thing. Yeah. And her mom's carer. Yep. Anyway, Dave, I have had a delightful time discussing this bottle episode with you. As Stranger have I, things. Nathan. As have I. <laughs> Stranger Things, Season 2, Episode 7, The Lost Sister. Live the dream. Live the dream. See you all next time. See you later.